On today's episode of the Excel podcast, we interview Brian and Matt, who are our leads for the Excel gaming division. We will get to discuss blockchain, PDE games, and NFTs. As always, my name is Scott. And I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. You're listening to the Excel podcast, defining a decentralized future one listen at a time. Welcome to the XL Podcast. Today we have a very special guest for you, Matt and Brian. They head the gaming division here at XL. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background in the gaming, and how you found yourself developing P2E games in the crypto space? Thanks again. Uh, as you said, my name is Brian. I've been a avid gamer pretty much my entire life. Um, I've just been working into project management and programming for a few years now, and Basically, uh, I've just brought everything together when forming this division uh, as it appealed to all of my skills that I've built over the years. And I've been uh, working on um, building this division from the ground up. So I am very um, excited to have a couple people uh, in our team. And, you know, it's honestly, it's been pretty much a dream of mine. I mean, I've always wanted to be kind of a project manager slash programmer for a small indie company. You know, that's that's kind of uh, something that's always been a dream of mine. So the simple fact that now I finally get to do it is fantastic. And I'm looking forward to the future. Thank you very much for giving us a little bit of information on your background. Uh, is game development something you went to school for or were you self-taught? That's a great question. I was self-taught. The only kind of experience I have is um, some coding classes when I went to university, uh, but I never really used them for gaming. It was, you know, just get through the courses. And at the time, that wasn't something that I planned on using. But uh, now that I'm here, I'm uh, really glad that I decided to stick with it. And those those late hours of, uh, you know, going through code, it's, uh, it's, it's finally going to pay off. Wow, that's fascinating. Hey, Matt, could you also give us a little bit about your background and how you got involved with uh, Excel? Absolutely. Uh, I've been uh, an eSports pro. I was an eSports pro in my 20s. I actually have been involved in gaming for about 18 years now. Uh, always dreamed, just like Bri, we've been friends for uh, 10 years. We've gone through a lot. We've discussed a lot of things that we want to do. And, uh, you know, this is sort of like making all that happen. I personally come from an engineering background. I am pretty good with numbers and uh, I've, like I said, I've both like developed games simply and I've worked on different games just through the variable aspect and I've been very involved with technology for the last 10 years. So when Brian told me about this opportunity, I thought it was a great time to come in and, and you know, like materialize all the things that we've discussed over the years, just bring them together and make this an amazing environment. Thank you very much for giving us that information. So I guess that kind of leads us into our next question. I think there's a lot of kind of confusion around gaming in the crypto sphere and kind of how everything ties together. Um, you know, there's a lot of different words thrown around that I think kind of confuse people between these console games and these mobile games that you can play on your phone, ones where you can actually earn rewards, ones where you can't. Um, can you kind of just give us a little bit more insight on what exactly, you know, 
you guys are going to do in the gaming division and how that ties into crypto? Yeah, absolutely. So mobile and console games, they're, they all use a, a standard protocol. And basically, there's, oh, there's, there's, there's going to be a way that we can be able to connect them to the blockchains. As of right now, you know, that's, that's the challenge. But um, I believe that what we can do is, you know, it's, it's definitely coming along is faster than you think. Right. You know, people have been playing games for virtual tokens for years. And really the only change now is that they be playing with a stake and earn real world assets. So, you know, you basically instead of farming your own gill gold, you know, whatever the in-game currency is, you um you basically now what you can do is not only can you throw money in there, but there's also ways to earn the money um, through various tasks, et cetera. And it's um, basically a great community effort, right? Because you're going to have people that are going to be, you know, let's say all I want to do is um, be a blacksmith, right? Well, everybody's going to need a sword. So you're going to have those one-on-one interactions and and transactions with people just like you and me, and um, we'll be able to use a centralized, you know, token or coin or what have you. And we'll be able to uh, do all kinds of, of trading. And I think Matt can actually elaborate a little more. Well, absolutely. Uh, what basically is happening here is that before, if you went to any game, you know, you'd earn that game's currency, right? You could earn gold, you could earn gill, you could earn like little jewels and candy crush, etc. And all those things actually uh, allowed you to participate or like buy items using that in-game currency. But those items and those things were only limited to that game and you could never translate it into something outside of the game. So you could be the, uh, you know, you, you could be the best player in the world in candy crush, but you know, you're still going to get it beat up at school if, you, if you're a nerd. Happened to be, honestly, it's, it was an experience. And uh, the good thing about these games and like the strong thing about these games is they can appeal to both the time and skill that you can put in. uh, And that skill doesn't always have to be related directly to one task, right? Like, for example, you have people with different careers in the world that do different things. And in the gaming, in in the metaverse itself, you can tie all this together that people are going to be very good at, some people are going to be very good at racing. Some people are going to be very good at guessing a number off of a deck and some people are be are, are going to go more into the creative side you know they are going to design characters they're going to build certain items they're going to build a lot of different things so there's always going to be a discipline that appeals to anyone and like as with horse racing you know what one person wins and everyone else loses you actually have all these opportunities for different people to um, come together and like use the things they are good at, good to think, use the things they want to do, and they all have the same possibility, you know, to earn something that they can just take back with them after. Okay, okay. So I guess my follow-up kind of question to that then is, you know, these play-to-earn games have kind of been around a while. Why do you think you're seeing this trend kind of catching on now? What is kind of that ignition behind it? Do you think it's the blockchain interaction? Is that is that kind of that big selling point that really bring in the play-to-earn games to, uh, we're seeing them really rise to the top right now? Yeah, I think uh, 
one of the key reasons is exactly what you mentioned because for everything that happened before like one of the big elements was that there was always well not really in games but like if you take it to real world there's always going to be someone in the middle regulating transactions between players so for example this is a very simple example if anyone out there has played runescape i'm sorry for you but besides that if anyone out there has played runescape you've gotten like scammed at least once like you know some person comes in and they want to sell you something and you give them your gold because like, okay, I want this item, I give you my gold, and then the person just disconnects and disappears. And you basically got stiffed. Truth be told, it's just a game currency, so it wasn't really that much of a, of a hurt on you. But like, you really feel like, <laughs> you really feel bad when it happens. And uh, blocking technology just has had its peaks since 2019, if I'm not mistaken. It was uh, first developed around uh, 2009, but it's really seeing a strong adoption today. And the <laughs> and the important part of blocking technology is that it can do two things that usually didn't happen before. A, it can regulate transactions between two parties without um, having like a, a physical third party having to exist. And the second one is that is, yeah, it's that is a, a trustless system. Like, so you don't actually have to go and trust the other player to make your transaction because it's going to be written in code, it's going to be hashed and there's no way you're getting out of that. Like no one can really stake a different item in transaction than they originally did. Uh, scams are there, like scams happen every day, but it's mostly and like 99% of them are mostly due to a human factor. And uh, that's why like the fact that you can now actually have people playing against something that they don't need to trust. Like they know there's no way to like go around it and they, they're going to get the returns of what they're putting in. Like, it's not a scam. It's, it's going to be like written code. The smart contract's going to be there. It makes people a lot more confident to, you know, stake money or stake different uh, sort of assets in these games. Kind of like when people in the 90s, like were afraid to put their credit card information anywhere because they all thought like they were going to get cloned and scanned and Sarah and now like, You'll just go to a Russian site because you wanted to buy that PDF, that one book that you need to print for your app, for your son and just put your credit card info in like a weird Russian site with like not thinking about it twice. Also, one thing I'd love to add is I believe now more than ever, people actually want to feel like they're a part of something bigger, right? So let's say you've got your avatar right? You're going in the metaverse and you want to buy a pair of Nikes, right? Whether it's going to be for your avatar, like the Sims, you know, where you can dress your avatar or, you know, maybe Nike will have a special NFT for X amount of sales. So either way, you know, you've, get, you've got the people who, you know, I just want to uh, make my avatar look cool. You know, I want to spend it on this, that, or the other. And then you've got other, you know, people that are, I'm doing this for the money as far as like, this is a really cool limited edition Nike NFT, you know, and I, I, I can only imagine we're going to be bringing in some big names very shortly. And it's one of the cool things is you don't necessarily have to be quote unquote whale to own a piece of the pie, right? You could have in the metaverse, you're, you own a piece of land, and then that land has the shoe store in there, right? So someone who comes in and say a thousand people, you know, purchase that land, anybody who 
gets um, sales from that Nike shoe is going to disperse equally. And so everyone's going to be able to not only say that they've got some connections with brand management, but also just, you know, sales get X amount of, you know, tokens or whatever. And then you use those for basically whatever you'd like. So it's, it's just really cool. So Brian and Matt, you guys uh, have done a diamond explanation of giving us a little bit of your background, how you're now starting to tie into Excel. So for our subscribers and maybe a couple more of our more veterans in the Excel game, I'll put myself in that category. Give me a little more insight, if the both of you could, or a little more understanding on exactly what PDE games are. And with that being said, exactly how they are going to now tie into the blockchain. And I know you started to get into how we pay for it. Yeah, I know, Matt, you had alluded to your son or your daughter can tie in a credit card. But bring it back a little more to the basics and just let me know about the PDE games, how they tie into the blockchain, and exactly how it's being monetized. Well, as we mentioned before, like we touched base a bit on this, like PDE or like play to earn is just basically any game that gives you a reward for playing it. You can even define, like, if you loosely define it, you can even call P2E, you know, the, to those little machines in Japan where, like, if you exercise, you do 10 squats, like, you actually get, like, a, a train ticket. And uh, it's sort of the same principle that comes in there. And, like, people relate this a lot to casinos for that reason, because you basically go in, stake your money, make some bets. Betting is one of the many forms that P2E has. Like, you can just make some bets. And, you know, if you win, get money out. If you don't, well, get scolded by your wife. My case, uh, and that's like that's why uh, P2E has like grown hugely because like the pandemic actually gave the casinos a huge hit. Like they couldn't bring people in, they couldn't like you know get it that advantage that they had. Like the house sort of like the house always wins that we see in movies. So they they were like forced with this decision. So how do we transition into something bigger? And a lot of casinos actually launched online platform, uh, online platforms and. The huge part of that is that how do you, at least in the casino, you have like yourself, your eyes on something. Like how do you trust something that you don't really know like what's behind it, right? And uh, that's what brought people sort of away from the casinos. A lot of people still are there. And like they sort of uh, sought all these new forms of staking money or like making money while, you know, making it a good use of of their time because... You can read a book, you can watch a series, or you could be making money. And like, it's sort of a small form. And I, and I say small because I want to, I want to be like very loose with the terms here, but it's sort of a form of virtual entrepreneurship because, you know, you have your normal betting and then you have like, uh, you're sort of like building a business or building a yield farm, which is, this is also true in games altogether. One of the other strong things about these, the, the entire environment is that they are tied to many different things. And eventually when, when metaverse is like widely adopted, they're going to be tied and like portable to a lot of other things. You can think about uh, if you're a fan of anime, you can think about like SAO and how they could like change their characters completely, just port them from one game to another. And they didn't have to start over because like it was all connected to a big central like database that managed all that. Like what metaverse is somewhat of a similar principle where you know you're gonna have different games different uh structures different like even real estate allocations serve like a big huge game of sims where everything's connected and these different services they're going to be connected with each other 
in a way that they can you can actually bring anything that you know you go kind of like when you go into a store and you bring back the shoes with you to your house like you can go into a game get something take it out and like go bring it somewhere else and it's going to be very flexible the reason why all of this is possible is exactly that is because all of those transactions can occur in a very fast manner and they can occur in a very safe manner because they're being regulated by uh, code and in the blockchain. And I'm sure uh, Brian will have uh, something to add about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, what the, the cool thing about it is, is so for, for payment, right? We can have multiple sources of, of payment, right? We can use different sort of coin systems or, or tokens, or we can have all kinds of, you know, we can use, right, ETH, BNB, you know, whatever the, the, the situation is. And uh, we can basically, these, these internal tokens uh, with different types of supplies and different yields for different purposes. So, you know, we basically, once, once we tie it in with the blockchain, those, there's just going to be more uh, availability for others to be a part of the experience, whether whatever they choose to, to use for form of payment. Um, people will be active participants and refer to their own brands. Um, they'll be able to pool their resources, uh, touching up with what Matt was saying about being able to trust each other with receiving what they purchased and, you know, through smart contracts. And it's the, the system sounds huge, but it's, it's something that, uh, um, we can definitely, definitely do. We can, um, for sure get, uh, get everything in place and, you know, try to basically the name of the game is just to make it easier for the, the common user. Right. So that's, that's what we want to do. That that's a great explanation guys. So it almost seems as if now when you guys enter into this space now uh, of crypto with the PDE, um, Excel will help and facilitate, clean up the space and make things just a little more clear for the user of all these games, uh, to facilitate it through the Excel platform. Um, so, so my next question to you would be, is how exactly uh, do the rewards work on the PDE games um, and how they're exchanged for fiat in this system? Let's, let's, let's put a, uh, this example up. I uh, just want to keep it very, very simple. Whenever you go uh, you know, to Disneyland, whenever you go to a casino, you always have this buy-in where they exchange whatever you pay as an entry fee. For, for example, if you go to Disneyland, I haven't gone in a while, so it might have changed, but like you get these little tokens that you can like exchange for rides, you can exchange for like cotton candy, popcorn, etc. Much like when you go into the casino, you basically never actually bet real money, you're always betting on chips. And there's actually a very strong psychological aspect on that because uh, not, not only a, cheap, uh, a chip seems less valuable, than actual money but it also holds a different value so it's easier for you to bet one two three chips because you're not like gauging the exact amount directly a lot of people that who are casino veterans would probably will say it's wrong and you might be very good with that like like you know young very uh, naive gamblers kind of like fall into this trap a lot and that's it's sort of the same thing you have this conversion and right now like uh, you have a lot of ways of converting like fiat into into crypto and crypto into fiat through a lot of exchanges through a lot of uh, middle ground like sort of inter interactions kind of like tether what 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 
does or regulates a lot of the Bitcoin transactions. And uh, exactly what happens that here is that like whatever you get in game, you can convert into, as Brian said, you can have multiple tokens. One of those multiple tokens uh, could be used for payouts. So you can convert everything you own into that payout token and then just bring that token into uh, it's cool. It could be like ETH base. It could be like Ripple base. It could be like any token you want. And you can just grab that token and through Tether, just convert it to fiat back. The idea is that there's always sort of going to be a price on anything that you own and you can choose to like own it and hold it and like get, make sure it goes up in value, use it to get some yield, or you can, you know, just have a quickie and, you know, go in, bet something, get your tokens, make a good payout, get out and just convert to fiat. Guys, I'm huge on NFTs. Can you tell me what the connections between P2E and NFTs are? Yeah, so uh, there's there's a lot of different uses for for NFTs. You know, most people think, oh, it's just a it's it just looks cool, right? Or you know, it's just a piece of art, and I'm gonna store it away and you know save it and and, and resell it for for another day. But you know, there is quite a bit of people that I would say, you know, even let's say uh, the art industry. Okay. So like it's, it's way more valuable to them than it would be to, to others. And if you can incorporate some kind of, uh, some kind of ownership, whether it's full or fractual, it's, uh, it's both, you know, property returns uh, or just intrinsic value. Like uh, I'm a huge Batman fan, right? So Basically, I want to own a drawing of Batman just because I love it. I'm more than likely not going to sell it. Um, you know, there's a lot of collectors out there. Let's say we introduce a game that has, I don't know, you know, 50 characters, and each one comes with their own NFT. Well, I'm the type of person that is the elitist, you know, platinum trophy winner, you know, for, you know, as PlayStation fans, right? Like, you know, that's, that, that's the goal. And it's not necessarily I'm gonna get it and sell it right away. You you know the the actual um, point is to you know collect everything, and then you've got basically a sweet online connection uh, or uh, collection, excuse me. And um, you know it could also be tied into proof of a rare feature. You know you've completed this game or you've unlocked this character, and then you you have this this NFT that comes along with it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be also characters right it could be lands if anybody's familiar with magic you know we could have different kind of lands battlegrounds characters cars i mean basically the sky is the limit so we're kind of seeing the nostalgia tying back into the nfts as a more physical collectible talk to our listeners about the nfts are changing the way people collect and seeing it kind of tie into the play to earn yeah like one of the huge things that uh boom with nfts last year and i think i uh Want to mention also like how a lot of people got involved with like stock markets and like with crypto last year there was a big boom in investors because a lot of people were uh you know looking to have those quick wins have those earns have those like really good um you know returns and things and like nfts just fell right into this market because a lot of things that happened uh before are tied to the way like art is perceived in the real world as well because before, like, let's say you are a no-name artist, you paint a painting and like nobody knows you. So like, there's no way you're going to sell your um, painting for a high value, right? But with the blockchain and with like decentralized finance, 
the value is never perceived by like who you are, but rather like how valuable the community perceives it. That is what led to like, you know, popular drawings and like really good NFTs to increase in value strongly and like get this good returns and people like realize that you know hey you know what i might not be a, like a very famous artist but if i'm very good at drawing and like someone believes in my drawings i can get a lot of value out of uh out of these things and i think there's a hidden gem that nfts will bring that still hasn't been tapped into and uh, relates to, directly with uh fractal ownership uh, there's a lot of artists that have talked about this. Uh, it's basically sort of selling a part or selling a piece of, for example, you know, the rights of your music. Like if you have a favorite artist, how cool would it be if you could own like a small percentage of like the rights to their music, right? And uh, NFTs in general, like all these tokens would actually make for a strong case in which people can bring their resources together you know we can form a pool of thirty thousand people and we can all pull our eth and the good thing no one has to trust trust anyone else and you know you know, get that pooled resources and get that pooled money to let's say you know we're all big fans of uh, nike you want to buy you know a percentage of nike and sort of be able to like bring the nike brand into the metaverse or like you know get some dividends out of like the nike shares and et cetera, like that's, that's a strong point of N NFTs. And like, I think it's going to be seen a lot more because uh, people are starting to realize there are a lot more uses to this than they thought originally. Yeah, I think that's one of the craziest things we're kind of seeing in the blockchain and crypto areas. A lot of people don't really want to jump on this innovation. And it's one of the things we're really seeing is everything is tied together. And in our next episode, we're going to kind of touch on this, but we want to leave you guys on a little bit of a cliffhanger. But in the next episode, we're going to kind of explain to you guys how this all ties back together. The metaverse, the NFTs, the play to earn, the blockchain, and how they're all in one. So we're looking forward to this next episode. Please join us again with Brian Matt. It's going to be an awesome part two.